So Francis, are you there? And Kelly, just a quick word for you. So do you believe that the continent of Africa really exists? Yes. You do? Have you ever been there? but I've seen it on the globe. How do you know then that it's true that Africa exists? I've seen it on the globe in my... There are a couple of things, right? We, we believe that it exists because we have faith. We trust the people who teach us things about the world, even though sometimes we can't see those things, but we have to have faith and trust in those who know things and they want to teach us about those things that they know. So it's really the same way with Jesus. You know, how do we know that God exists? Well, we can't really see God. Maybe we can imagine what God looks like. Maybe we can see what God does in the world, but maybe we've never really seen God. But Jesus teaches us about God, about how God loves us and forgives us and inspires us and calls us God's own in baptism. And we learn about God from Jesus. And we learn about what it's like to be godly ourselves by watching Jesus do the things that he does. So we can have faith and trust in God because Jesus teaches us that. And we don't necessarily have to see God like someone who rings our doorbell and is right there in front of us at the door. We just know that God exists. And we know that God is love, and that's what keeps us going day and night, right? So just an image I wanted to share with you. And then I want to talk with everybody about really the setting of when Jesus and his disciples were headed off to that lonely and desolate place and why they were going there. Uh, Jesus had learned just before this that John the Baptist had been killed, and he was grieving. He was sorrowful, and he needed and wanted a place, a lonely and desolate place, where he could reflect and grieve and pray and just be alone. And so he and the disciples went to that desolate place, and when they got off of the boat, the crowds who had also heard the news and wanted some reassurance, perhaps, and wanted to be comforted themselves, followed Jesus. And there were thousands of people that assembled in this lonely and desolate place. So the gospel last week showed us that rather than being annoyed at them, and I think I would have been a little bit annoyed, you know, I'm here to be alone, leave me alone. Rather, the gospel last week said Jesus had compassion on them, and he cured their sick, and he fed them. And finally, this is where our gospel lesson starts today, he finally sent them home. 
And after he sent them on their way, he also said to the disciples, now you get into the boat and you go away. I really want to be alone. And I think that the disciples might have been a little annoyed at Jesus. Maybe they too wanted that quiet time, but with him. Uh, maybe they looked out over the Sea of Galilee and saw the storm coming in, and they didn't want to be out on the sea alone in the boat by themselves. But it is an interesting beginning to the gospel reading where it says that Jesus made them go. So they went. And while the disciples were on the boat, sure enough, a storm came in. And in the middle of that storm then, when Jesus had had enough time of solitude, he went and walked on top of the water, out to the boat. Now, you can imagine the disciples, right? They're already afraid. They're afraid being in the middle of the storm. So it's almost like it's fear on top of fear when they see Jesus walking on the water and they call out and say, it's a ghost. But immediately, Jesus spoke to them. He said, take heart, it is I, don't be afraid. And then Peter, for whatever reason, I mean, Peter was impetuous. Maybe he was a little bit full of himself and he wanted to prove something. That's what some commentators say. I don't think that's it. I think Peter, even though he was always the first one to say something wrong, um, really had a loving heart and a, and a strong relationship with Jesus. And he was so eager to go see him and meet him that he was willing to also walk on water, which he did for a while until he got distracted by the wind and then the doubts came in and then more fear and then he started to sink. Jesus reached out his hand, though, and he pulled him up, pulled him to safety. And then we hear that the wind ceased and the storm disappeared. That night, out in the middle of the Sea of Galilee, 12 men whose hearts were still pounding from fear recognized Jesus as the Son of God and realized that he had saved them. That night, just before the rising of the sun, was probably about three or four in the morning, songs of praise were sweeping over the waters of the Sea of Galilee. The Son of God had once again rescued his fearful, doubting people. Matthew tells us this story not just to let us know something about what happened to Jesus and his followers. Like last week, I think the story this week is a parable, and it has something for us to learn. It's, it's a teaching moment, and it teaches something about the church. This parable describes the church as a little boat 
filled with frightened, doubting disciples on a storm-tossed sea. On one hand, I think that's hard for people to hear because we say, well, the church is not weak. The church is not frightened. The church is strong. Look at these big, strong stone cathedrals that we build up for the people of God to gather. They are fortresses, and they keep us safe from everything that the world will throw our way. And we might even think the same thing about our own Christ Church Lutheran. For the most part, we're in pretty good shape. The building has a few little quirks, and we're constantly working at it. But the people who built it wanted it to be there for a good long time. And the hope is that from that location, songs of praise will be rising up over the city for years and years to come. But on the other hand, you throw in a pandemic, and then that changes everything. I mean, how strong is the church today? I mean, I'm talking about the church in general. People haven't been able to worship for months all over the world. Um, People are wondering if the church will ever be anything like it was before the pandemic. People are wondering, where is God in all of this? And all of this is happening now, um, even after the church has been going through some tough times. You know, in the last 50 years, uh, churches are smaller. Churches are less influential in terms of social justice and even how we present ourselves in the world. There was a day when if leaders of the church said, this is something I think we all ought to do as a nation, people listened. Now people just laugh at the church when we try to make a statement or stand up for justice. And I think our biblical literacy is probably not what it used to be either. People aren't taking the time to really delve into scripture and learn what it means for us in this day and age. So I think this is a difficult time for the church. And one wonders whether the church will survive. And I know several members of Christ Church Lutheran are wondering, and they voice it occasionally, whether a congregation like ours can survive. Matthew painted a picture of the church as a fragile boat being tossed around by the fierce wind and waves of storm. But it's into this picture that Jesus came. 
Jesus entered the dangerous waters. He walked on them. He felt the force of the spray against his face and the strength of the wind pushing at his back. He knew the danger. Yet he went to join his disciples. Jesus went to accompany his loved ones through the storm and he saved them from the waves. This doesn't mean that the storm for us now, the pandemic, the economic turmoil, the racial injustice and difficulties in this country and all the other storms that we're experiencing all at once will stop simply because we keep our eyes on Jesus. The storms that we face in this day and age may continue for what seem like a long time, but through the spray and the splash of the waves, Jesus will be there. And Jesus is calling to you. He's saying the same thing he said to the disciples on that boat. Take heart. It is I. Do not be afraid. As disciples of Christ living in a world that can change in a moment, we are always serving doing the work of God in the world, in the midst of the winds and the waves that come upon us, but we never are alone. We cannot meet the struggles of everyday life all by ourselves. We need a Savior to give us a push every now and then, to help us through, to give us some focus and some direction. We need our Savior to help others in the world as well, to begin to solve some of the problems and to address the needs of people who are out there. He calls us to bring maybe a calming presence into the world, to those who feel thrown back and forth by the waves of life. And Jesus calls us to follow him. In this parable of the church, Matthew wants us to experience the storm. He wants us to realize that Jesus doesn't come to take away all of our hardships, our struggles, and our doubts. As long as we're living on the earth, we're going to encounter problems. And like his disciples, we're called to enter into those problems of others as well. But out of the midst of the storm, Matthew wants us to hear this word. Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. We cannot save the world. We cannot even save ourselves. But we are met by the one who can and does save both the world and us. As you continue to encounter the strong winds and waves of your personal struggles in this day and age, in this life that you have, as you dare to enter the problems of others, listen for this voice of Jesus that we hear today. For he comes to you and says, take heart, 
It is I. Do not be afraid. Amen.